The makers of Epic Pure Sunflower Oil, Purine and Pret Cooking Fat, Yum Yum Peanut Butter, Maple Margarine and Niblet's Cheese Twists present The Epic Casebook. In which Inspector Carr investigates. Good evening. I don't think it's in my province to comment on the problems confronting the authorities concerning the so-called places of entertainment, which only get into their stride, or, to use modern parlance, start swinging when most people are ready for bed. Of course, I'm referring to nightclubs, a certain kind of discotheque, and the like. Whenever accounts are published which tell of lawlessness or drug-pushing or what have you, the reaction of most people is, why don't they close the place down? Now, there are two answers to that. In the first place, it would be wrong to penalize the owners of an establishment if they were entirely unaware of the wrongdoing. And in the second place, a very much more important answer is this. It's far easier for those who protect the country's morals and laws to keep an eye on known members of the underworld when these characters are allowed to rendezvous at places to which the general public are admitted. All over the world, there are well-known meeting places which continue to flourish, although many of their clientele are gangsters and crooks of the worst variety. Close these places down, and these unsavoury characters would continue to foregather for their enjoyment, but at spots hidden from the eyes of the law. Take a club that was quite famous in its day. For some obscure reason, it was known as Le Lapin Bleu. Why it was known as the Blue Rabbit, and why in French, I've never been able to discover. The man who ran it was a particularly unpleasant character known as Gloomy Gilbert. He met his deserts one day, although it wasn't the law that caught up with him. However, let me tell you a story which I've called Death on the Counterfoil. It was some minutes after Big Ben had struck the hour of midday when Scotland Yard was alerted of gloomy Gilbert's death. The head waiter of the Blue Rabbit, to give it its English title, dialed 999 and told the control officer that he'd found his boss lying on the floor of his office with his head bashed in. Accompanied by the worthy Sergeant Jackson, I rushed to the scene. So, you found the body of him? Yes, sir. I knocked at the door and got no answer. I shouted out to Mr. Gilbert was a gent to see him. There's still no answer. I opened the door there he was, lying there. Just as he is now. As indeed he was. Gloomy Gilbert was lying astride an expensively carpeted floor. The dried blood and the dark bruise above the temple told its story only too well. Yet there seemed to be no sign of struggle. There was very little on his desk except an inkstand, calendar, blotting pad, and a die. I asked Jackson to wade through the man's effects as I continued questioning Bertrand. Now, you say a man wanted to see Gilbert. Who was he? Well, I don't know, sir. I must have shouted out when I saw gloomy Gilbert lying there like that. Anyway, when I ran down the stairs to dial 999 from the blower in the hall, he'd gone. I see. 
Well, didn't he say something like, my name's George or something, I want to see Mr. Gilbert? No. Lots of people come here to see the old so-and-so. They didn't introduce themselves to me, you know. They just said, uh, Alf wants to see him, or Bert, or Charlie, or Lord Muck. They seem a rather pally, lot. Oh, no, Inspector. Not so pally when they come out of this office, believe me. I don't know what goes on in here. I've got a pretty good idea. So have we. I remember the man when he ran the Purple Club. Just a minute. Perfume. Ladies' perfume. Who else was here this morning? Oh, I can't tell you exactly, sir. I'm down in the basement. The front door's usually open. I saw the manager take a man called Fred up. That's about all. The manager? Where's he? Is he around? Yes. I think he's having a cup of coffee around the back. Ah. Come to think of it, I can smell perfume, too. Can you smell perfume, Jackson? Yes, sir, I can. I think a woman's been here? Well, in the days of Sherlock Holmes, it would have been a logical conclusion. Not these days. Some of the stuff that men put on their hair and their cheeks would make a room smell like Madame de Barry's boudoir. You found anything interesting? Yes, sir, but there's plenty of stuff to look through here. I can keep at it. Tell me, Bertrand, uh, wasn't Gilbert married? I can look up his records, of course. That's uh, right, Governor. About two years ago. Six months was all she could stick him for. And she walked out. Do you know if there was a divorce? No. Now, look, what are we going to do with him? Is he going to lie there? We're awaiting the arrival of Dr. McPherson, our senior police surgeon. Now, that'll be all for the moment. Oh, you won't go away for a while yet, will you? No. I'll be upstairs if you want me. He doesn't like us very much, does he, sir? Don't suppose he likes anybody, poor devil, working in a dump like this. All right, Jackson, what have you found? Oh, lots of papers in the safe, sir. Uh, membership lists, bills. Well, get hold of the bag, bring the stuff back to the yard. Is that all? The usual IOUs, sir. IOUs. Hmm. Good, they might prove interesting. Gloomy Gilbert wasn't the sort of man to lend anybody anything unless he got extortionate interest for it. No murder weapon inside? No, sir. Oh, well, we'll seal up the office, let the print boys give it the once over. Hello. Here's a checkbook, sir. Huh? Look at this, sir. Gloomy Gilbert issued three checks today. Indeed. Plot thickens. Let me see. Hmm. What's the counterfoil say? Yes, one to H.A. Henshaw. Another one to Smith Odie. Oh, I don't believe it, sir. What? No one could be called Smith Odie. Well, here you're doubting Thomas Look, A. Smith Odie, 160 pounds. Yeah, so it is. That's funny, sir. The third one just says the letter P. Yes. So we know that at least three people saw the dead man this morning. Now, assuming he signed these checks in sequence, Gloomy Gilbert was alive when Henshaw and Smith Odie left. The last check to be written was in favour of a Mr. P. Whoever that is. Let's see who that is, Jackson. Right, sir. Please, uh, please. The waiter say you're still here. I wait, I wait. I, I very little sleep. I, I work here all yesterday until three o'clock this morning. Now, what do you do? What's your name? I'm the manager. My name is Theophilus Papadopoulos. They call me Papa for short. Hmm, sensible idea. Now, tell me, uh, uh, what do you know about this? I know nothing. I, I come here this morning to fix the accounts, and uh, Bertrand, the head waiter, he tell me the boss is killed. Then here all morning? Yes. Uh, I come here at ten o'clock to work on the accounts, and I, I leave at twelve to eat lunch. Well, don't you eat here? Here, Mr. Policeman. This is a nightclub, not a restaurant. You drink the wine, you dance with the girls, you... Yes, I know what you do here. Did you work on the accounts with Mr. Gilbert in this office? Yes, I, I tell you, I leave at 12. I see. 
And when you left, was there anybody with Mr. Gilbert? No, but uh, the man, he went outside. Oh, who? Any idea who he was? Uh, no. I bet my non-existent brother had you do. Uh, many people come here. They have uh, business with the boss. I, I don't ask questions. But you've seen the man before. It's written all over your face. What are you frightened of, man? Well, do you know him? He come at night. He, he come here with friends. Oh, don't make me drag everything out of you. Come on, man. What's his name? They call him Freddy. I do not know his full name. Freddy. All right. Now, tell me, Mr... Um, Theophilus Papadopoulos. Oh, yes. Uh, do you know a man called Henshaw? Sure, I know him. He's the man we buy the wine from. So he was here this morning, hmm? Mr. Henshaw, in the morning. <laughs> no, Mr. Henshaw sleep in the morning. He sent the boy for the check. For £152.16 and eightpence. That's right. How you know? The counterfoil of the check book. There was a second check made out to A. Smith Odie for £160. Know anything about that? No, it's private business with the boss. All right, Mr. Papa. Doppelos. Right, Mr. Doppelos. Uh, Mr. Smith Odie, is he the man you saw waiting? But I tell you, I only know Miss Freddy. And? This, he, he lying there, it gives me the... How do you say the wheelies? Never mind that. There's a check made out to a person with the letter P. Can you throw any light on the matter? Throw light? I throw a fit if you're going to ask me questions about things I don't know. I'm a nightclub manager, Mr. Gilbert. He pays uh, me. He just not like me asking questions. Uh, not in a place like this. All right, Mr. Um... Papadopoulos. Thank you. Uh, you're sure that when you left, Mr. Gilbert was alive? Please, uh, what do you say? You think I killed him? What for? He's my boss. Having a boss like Bloomy Gilbert is enough to make anyone want to commit murder. All right, that'll be all. Just leave your address in case we need you again, Mr... Uh, I don't. I've got it. Papadopoulos. Good day to you. Good day. Ah, he looks pretty scared, sir, doesn't he? Yes, but anyone working in a place like this must be scared of policemen. All right, wait until the police surgeon arrives. Uh, see that the print men do their stuff, Jackson. I'll go back to the yard. We've got to trace these three check holders. Car speaking. Information you wanted, sir? Oh, yes, right, Ops. Alfred Smith, O.D., 36 Clamfield Avenue, Crickwood. No known occupation, known to be a frequenter of gaming houses. Yeah, wait a minute. Alfred Smith, O.D. I bet it's our old friend Alfie, boy. Yes, he lived in Cricklewood. This is getting interesting. Very interesting. Anything else? Yes, sir. Gilbert married Margaret Townsend, daughter of the chairman of European Chemicals Limited. I bet that pleased Mr. Townsend. Anything else? Yes, sir. About 18 months ago, Mrs. Gilbert asked for police protection. Inspector Winslow warned Gloomy Gilbert to leave his wife alone. Got her address, Ops? Yes, sir. 18 Thamesview Mansions, Richmond. Fine, thank you. I think I'll have a word with Mr. Smith Odie. I don't know what you want to see me for. I haven't done anything. Well, let's take first things first, Mr. Smith um, Odie. By the way, uh, is that your real name? Yes, of course it is. A new one, isn't it? What do you mean, a new one? What's all this about, Inspector? You come into my own no, I shouldn't you... use that high and mighty tone if I was you. Don't you remember me before I was made a member of the murder squad? Murder? Yes, murder. That's why I'm here. A murder has been committed, Mr. Smith. Or would you prefer Smith only? <laughs> the tough, swaggering gambler seemed to shrink before my very eyes. His entire body seemed to sag. He looked at me with open mouth, white-faced, speechless. Aren't you going to say anything, Mr. Smith O.D.? I... 
I don't know anything about a murder. All I did was change my name from Smith to Smith Odie. That's no crime, is my it? My dear man, I never suggested it was. Now, have you been to the bank this morning? Yes. To the Piccadilly branch of the London Commercial Bank? Yes, to cash a cheque. For £160 made out by Gilbert of Le Lapin Bleu? Yes. Look, nothing's happened. To Bloomy Gilbert, I mean. What time did you leave, Gilbert? Just before 12. I was in a hurry to cash the cheque. I needed the money. I uh, borrowed it from him. You borrowed £160. <laughs> That's a joke, Inspector. I borrowed £200 from him for a month. 20% interest with the first interest payment taken off the cheque. So you got £160 and you have to pay him £200 next month. Yes. But you won't be able to pay him now, will you? The man's dead. He's been killed by someone. Look, I lost 220 quid at Mario's last night. <laughs> Oh, that's enough for me. I'm cleaned out. Well, everyone, just a minute, Alfred. Where are you going? Yours, 220 quid. Yes, I know. I'll call around at your place with it this afternoon. Don't give me that. Come on. For God. 220 quid. Oh, don't be like that. Put that razor back. Look, look, I've, uh, I've got 60 quid. I, I was keeping it back to the races. Take this. I'll uh, bring you the rest by four o'clock. You know what will happen to that ugly mug of yours if you don't. All right, four o'clock. Where are you going to get the money? Gloomy Gilbert again? That's why I went round to see Gilbert. That's why I let him put the screws on me, charging 20% interest. What could I do? You could promise him the 20% interest, let him make out the cheque in your favour, let him cancel the crossing on the cheque so that you get the cash... And then you could bash him on the head so that you didn't have to return the money. Of course, I didn't believe that a man like Smith would commit a murder in broad daylight with others on the premises for the sake of 200 pounds. I was looking for a deeper motive, waiting for some kind of reaction from the gambler which might give me a lead. It came... But not the kind of lead I expected. Why don't you ask her? Her? Yes, that hoity torchy piece Gloomy Gilbert married a couple of years ago. Gone. Well, as I was rushing out of the club to catch the check. Oh, look out. Look where you're going. Oh, I'm sorry. Why, Mrs. Gilbert? Don't you remember me? Remember you? Should I? Why? Yeah, I attended your wedding reception. Uh, here, the blue lapang, uh, when you both came back from Tangiers. Well, that's something I'd rather not be reminded of. Well, he's up there if you want to see him. Excuse me. You say this took place outside the club? Yes, it did, Inspector. I see. All right, Smith, don't leave town, will you? If there's anything else you'd like to tell me, you can always get me back at the yard. Come in. Ah, oh, Jackson. Oh, good. What's it say? It wasn't a blunt instrument as we thought so. What? Something rather pointed. Oh? And Dr. McPherson says he was struck on the temple artery. That's why there wasn't much blood. I see. Did he hazard a guess what kind of instrument? No, sir. He's a bit puzzled by it. Now, here's a photograph of the wound. Mm. All right, Jackson. Well, I'll have a word with Dr. McPherson later. I've also got the print report, sir. Prints all over the place. They say it's going to be a pretty hopeless job. Oh, by the way, sir, they found a number of IOUs that we hadn't come across. Really? They were stuck behind the desk in a secret drawer. Ah. Car speaking. Operations here, Inspector. Yes? 
Mr. Theophilus Pepatopoulos. Oh, well done. What have you found? Arrived in UK from Greece 15 years ago. No criminal record. Opened a cafe, went bankrupt. Was taken over by Gloomy Gilbert. That's interesting. I bet he pledged his soul to Gloomy. Probably paying off his debt. That's a motive for murder. I think I'll have another word with our Greek friend. Okay, thanks, Ops. Sergeant, it's a long time since we paid a visit to a nightery. Now, follow me, Jackson. Oh, Mr. Inspector, you've come to visit us. Uh, you want to enjoy yourselves. A table for the gentleman. No, Mr. Uh, oh, yes. No, we haven't come here to enjoy ourselves. We've come to talk to you. Well, isn't there anywhere we can talk quietly? Get through here, Inspector, I'll tell you all I know. I don't think you've been completely frank with us, Mr. Papadopoulos. Now the matter's too serious for us to start exchanging pleasantries over your name. What, uh, what do you mean? I'll tell you what I mean. What happened to the clock? Clock? Yes, clock. Look, whoever killed Gloomy Gilbert didn't plan to do so. No one's going to commit a murder like that in the middle of the day. The killer would be seen entering and leaving the building. He killed on impulse. So he didn't have a murder weapon already planned. Why you tell me all this? One thing that struck me as I looked at the body, there was no watch. No watch on his wrist. No fob watch and no clock. There was one on his desk, wasn't there? Uh, yeah. Well, wasn't there a square desk clock, one that could cause this kind of wound? Look at this picture, Mr. Papadopoulos. The clock? The clock? You're getting repetitious. What have you done with it? I don't know. I, I didn't think of it. I... I didn't notice it was not there. Sergeant Jackson, bring in the head waiter. Right, sir. You must believe me, Inspector. I, I hate Mr. Gilbert. He, he ruined me. I, I work here night and day, so I get back the IOU I gave him, but I did not kill him. Inspector, I told you, Sergeant, I'm very busy. What do you think we're doing? Having a holiday? What happened to the clock on Gilbert's desk? Oh, I don't know. Didn't you notice it was missing? Oh, yes, I did. All right, you can look at me like that. I don't care. I didn't want to get involved in nothing. I'm like the three wise monkeys. See nothing, say nothing, and hear nothing. Charming. How do we know that you were telling the truth when you say he was dead when you walked into his office? How do we know that you didn't pick up the clock and bash him on the head with it, hmm? You don't know, because I didn't do it. What for? Then why didn't you report that the clock was missing from the desk? Well, I don't know. I don't know whether I noticed it properly or not. It just wasn't there, and that's it. But where is the clock? Well, how do I know? Maybe you took it away with you when you bashed him in. Why, you... Stop it, you fools! That's better. Isn't one murder in Le Lapin Bleu enough? Can I use the phone? Go ahead. Either of you got any objections to my searching your rooms? I can always get a search warrant, you know. Ah, search as much as you like. And you, Mr. Papadopoulos? Search if you want. Of course, the fact that they were willing to have their rooms searched robbed us of any hope of finding the clock. This in itself proved very little. If either one was guilty, he'd had ample time and opportunity to dispose of the murder weapon. By the time we'd finished, the night was making way for the dawn, and I was thankful to get a few hours sleep. Morning, sir. Oh, morning, Jackson. Anything come through? Uh, just confirmation from the bank that Smith cashed his check at the time he stated. Uh, what about Mrs. Gilbert? Her name's Margaret, hmm? Counterfoil showed initial P. Could be Peggy. Short for Margaret. Mm, no knowledge of a check. Oh, by the way, sir, 
You did say that you'd pay her a visit this morning. Yes, I did. I'm going now. Order a car, will you? Are you telling me, Mrs. Gilbert, that I'm the first to tell you of your husband's death? I've told you, haven't I? I've not read the papers or listened to the wireless or anything. The first I heard of it was when you came in here ten minutes ago and told me. I'm, I'm quite staggered. I don't know what to say. You seem to be taking the news very calmly. Well, why not? I haven't been living with my husband for the past 18 months. I loathed and despised the man. You don't know what he did to me. How he made me run away with him. I'd have gone back to my father after I'd been married just a few days. He's strict, very hard. He didn't want me back. I stuck it out for about six months and then I left him. I see. You visited your husband yesterday morning, didn't you, Mrs. Gilbert? I? Come now, Mrs. Gilbert, you were seen. Besides, I noticed the perfume you're wearing is the one I could smell in his office when we arrived there. Yes, I went to see him. He owes me a lot of money. Money I had when I ran away with him. I went there to get some money I needed desperately. Desperately? I was convicted last week for dangerous driving. I was fined 60 pounds with 7 pounds costs and a week to pay it in. The week expires today. If I hadn't paid by 3 o'clock today, I'd have gone to prison. So I, I went to him to get the money. And he wrote you out a cheque for 67 pounds? Yes. How do you know that? Your Christian name's Margaret, isn't it? I suppose your husband used to call you Peggy. You seem to know a lot. Not at all. It explains the letter P on the counterfoil. Tell me, how much money have you got in your bank account, Mrs. Gilbert? Oh, hardly anything. Five or six pounds, I think. That's why I wanted a cheque from Gilbert, so that I could draw some cash. You can't pay a police court fine by cheque. And if you don't believe me, Inspector, here's the cheque. Yes, that's a missing check. Hmm. Seems to be quite in order. When did you leave the club? Oh, I only stayed a few minutes. I really couldn't tell you the exact time. You see, I, I was in such a hurry. I took the tube and went straight to my uncle from there. To your uncle? Where does he live? In Hendon. You may have heard of him. He's the only one of the family who still talks to me. He's Dr. James Wilbur. And then? Well, I was unlucky. My uncle wasn't there. He'd been called to Birmingham, and he wouldn't be back before tomorrow afternoon. So I came straight back here. Anybody who can confirm all that? Well, you said yourself that I was seen at the club. My uncle's housekeeper will confirm that I was at Hendon at one o'clock and stayed there for about an hour. I had lunch with Mrs. Hopkins. That's my uncle's housekeeper. Then I, I came straight back here. And I haven't set foot out of this room since. Mrs. Gilbert, I'm taking you along with me for questioning. What do you mean? I think it's best to take some clothes with you. We're allowed to keep you for 48 hours, even if you are innocent. I am innocent, I tell you. I think you're probably innocent of murder, but you're certainly guilty of manslaughter. Now, will you come with me, please? What, what, what will they do to me? Would you like to telephone your solicitor? No. No, I'll, I'll tell you. I didn't mean to kill him. I went for the money and... I can't tell you the suggestion he made. He put his arms around me. To have 67 pounds worth of fun, he said. I tried to push him away, but he was... He was too strong for me. I managed to get one arm free him. Well, I picked up the clock and... I struck him with it. Where is the clock, Mrs. Gilbert? Did you take it away with you? 
Yes, I put it in my handbag. Oh, Inspector, I didn't mean it. I really didn't. Do you think she'll get off, sir? Yes, with Dr. McPherson's help. There are scratches on her body to bear witness to her written statement that they found skin tissue in the dead man's fingernails. No, she'll get off, all right. The funny thing is, the clue which convinced me that she was the killer also pointed to her innocence of premeditated murder. Well, listeners, what was the clue? Not sure? Then listen to the commercial, and I'll be back to tell you. Well, what gave Mrs. Gilbert away? It was this. Oh, hardly anything. Five or six pounds, I think. That's why I wanted a check from Gilbert, so that I could draw some cash. You can't pay a police court fine by check. And if you don't believe me, Inspector, here's the check. Mrs. Gilbert felt she didn't dare pay the check in. In her panic, she decided not to use the check, and so rushed out to see her uncle, and then decided that she would go to prison rather than be involved in any way with her husband's death. If her husband was alive when she left the club, why did she not rush to the bank and cash the check? Well, I'm glad that she was found not guilty and that her act was one of self-defense. And the moral of the story, men, careful of the check you issue, it might recoil onto your own head. Good night. <laughs> The Epic Casebook was produced by Michael Silver for the makers of Epic Pure Sunflower Oil, Maple Margarine, Yum Yum Peanut Butter, and Niblet Cheese Twists, with Hugh Russ as Inspector Carr. Listen again next Thursday night at 9.30 to another exciting story from our Epic Casebook. <laughs>